and welcome again to Battle of Podcast. Woo! Uh, <laughs> that's Tamu. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and this is Mallory. I'm drinking training wheels. Scrumpy Apple. Yeah. Because there's, I, I found out that there's actually a few. Like, mm-hmm. this one's freewheeler. There's dry apple, and I think there's another type of apple, too. But You got spoke wrench, Hannah. Yeah, this is Hannah, who's also with us. Welcome, Yay! Hannah. Hello, <laughs> thank Hannah you. Hannah, from the Social Justice Book Club, and also our EQ teacher that we broke and she decided not to do that anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although apparently mine was told that I, they're like, no, you're functioning. What's your problem? And I'm like, I don't know. I must have anxiety then because I feel like I'm broken all the time. <laughs> welcome, Hannah. Yes, all that to say Hannah. welcome. Yes, thank you. And hopefully we'll be able to drop the second part of my title. <laughs> You're our friend. How about we do that? <laughs> Hannah, our friend, is here. Our lovely friend, <laughs> Hannah, who has a social justice book club. Yes. If you listen to our previous episode, you'll hear book recommendations, a little bit more about the club itself, and um, if you need more references, which we'll drop again. Mm-hmm. On, um, if you want to know what type of books are being read, be a part of the community a little bit, if you're local, how to get there. But for today... I'm going to ask our get-to-know-you question because I think it's important for our listeners to know us a little bit deeper than just how cynical I am and uh, how love will never happen. So um, I'm our question, which let's not get so deep into it that it becomes an episode, is what kind of weird food combinations do you like? Ranch with everything. Really? With everything, even your cereal. <laughs> I like honey nut cereals with a side of ranch. <laughs> just dip it right in. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's like, oh, seriously, though. I'm not. It's not kidding. Like, dry Honey Nut Cheerios with ranch? No. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I can say I, I'm a huge cereal fan. Okay. But <laughs> oh my gosh. if I had to have Cheerios, I would definitely dip them in ranch. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. That is something that I did not know. Wow. Okay. See, good question. <laughs> Hannah likes ranch dressing. I don't know if I have weird food combinations. So I will say ever since I was a kid, I don't know if it's because we were lazy and it just happened or if it were was a thing and other people do this, but um, we used to have Fritos with cottage cheese. Yeah, I've never heard You'd of that scoop before. scoop them up and I don't know what it is. It's freaking delicious. And then when people say it's weird, I'm like, try it. And then they always come back and they're like, oh my God, it was really good. I'm like, yeah. I know. Very salty, but the whole time I would be pretending the cottage was cheese ranch. was ranch. <laughs> you just drench it with ranch on top of it. <laughs> ranch cottage cheese is what you'd have. What if you go somewhere like we don't have ranch? What do you do? You just you, walk out? Oh my God, are you the lady that instead of hot sauce, you have ranch in your purse? I got time? ranch in my bag swag. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I probably would do that. Um, I mean, <laughs> I sometimes try to be adventurous and go without the ranch side, but I usually just don't like it as much. <laughs> Have you thought about getting the dry ranch packets that you're supposed to use to like mix with mayo or something? So that way you can just like sprinkle it over something like a, like a pepper? Um, I haven't done that, but I like that idea. <laughs> Thank so you. Is just the so ranch seasoning or just the dressing itself, like the whole creamy Branch goodness. Got yes. it. Okay. Just like everything. It. And and the dipping action. I wish I had known <laughs> that before. No, I you have plenty of dip. I love not dip. Amazing spread that doesn't include ranch. No. So, my bad. Hummus and spinach dip are also high up there in sure. the dipping Got world. It. 
again, I'm sorry. I don't have. I don't know if it, if it's a weird food combination. Well, it's not weird to you. Like to me, it's not weird to have Fritos and cottage cheese. I mean, like, haven't you mentioned anything to anybody? Being like, oh, if you do this, and then they're like, you're weird. No, because <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> but um, we get it. You're I'm straight not up hot. Weird food wise, I guess. I don't know. I eat it. I eat everything out of a bowl. People think that's weird. So there you go. A weird combination. Everything out of a bowl. All I right. just like to put things in a bowl. Like I'll eat rice out of a bowl. I'll eat pretty well. You know, obviously you eat cereal out of a bowl. But like I prefer to eat in a from a bowl than to eat on a plate. So if you I have had a steak option. in a bowl. What? You put your steak in a bowl. I put no. I would eat that on a plate. But things that should go in a bowl, like <laughs> pasta, should go in a bowl. You know, I just feel like certain things go in a bowl. It's easier. Like, it's hard to eat rice on a plate because it's yeah. a plate. So, if, and also I eat with a spoon. So, that's the other thing, too. So, I'll eat rice with a spoon and stuff like that. I feel like that's you know, uncommon. it makes sense to because you scoop it, then you get all the rice. You can't eat with a fork. How are you going to get all the, you know. So. From my understanding, that's how they eat it over in I Asian know. Countries. So, basically, I'm Asian, which is cool. That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. So, I usually have a bowl and also eat with a spoon. Those are my weird things that I do food-wise, I guess. Well, then what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten if you don't have a weird combination of food? I don't I don't eat weird – I mean – You've never had like ox tongue or something? No. I mean, I'm, we're, I'm a pretty normal-ish type of eater person. <laughs> like I don't try to delve out of the realm of normal possibilities of things. Um, I'll eat sushi. That to me was out of the – that's something that I wouldn't do before. Still can't technically go super raw, but at least I can try. Like I'll have a spicy tuna or a spicy salmon. If they throw eel bits on top, I'll suck it up and deal with it. But um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> and I was like, dude, so sushi is amazing. It's, yeah, but I usually I tend all. towards the more cooked versions of it. So, but yeah, that I mean, I don't – We I just didn't grow up doing weird – I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. You like didn't the, even have a kamikaze drink where you, like, took all of the drinks and put them into your cup at, like, a fast God, food? no. Oh, my God. That's what you did as a kid. No. I'm, and you'd drink it and you'd be, like, hating yourself, but in the same, like, breath, proud of yourself that you, you did You forget it. I grew up with potheads, right? So <laughs> – Well, I would feel it'd be more likely to happen. We didn't have alcohol. <laughs> it wasn't alcohol. I'm talking about, like, you go, like, to, like, the – like. To, to some sort of fast food restaurant and you get your cup to get your food or to get your drink and instead of choosing one, you do kamikaze, which is you put a little of all of it into one. You're very cute and also younger than me and I am Hannah not. probably as well. We didn't have the option of selecting our own sodas back in the day when you went to oh. McDonald's or whatever. Like they gave it to you. You oh know, God, it's you not like a free really choice. Sad life. Yeah, it's not like when you go to the theater and you can make up your own mix of Coke, right? Sorry. You're boring. Yep. All right, cool. cool, cool sorry, cool. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we should have stuck to our cleaning topic. <laughs> right? How often do you clean, Tamu? I'm not going there. We're not doing it. <laughs> well, should we do our we podcast like this? I guess so. I didn't have anything together, but. All right, we're coming to you. Oh, okay. Should I, st- should I stand? No, nah, whatever you want. Do all right, you let's stand. stand by the red, or do you want to? Yeah. You good? Yeah, mm-hmm. flip it over. I've already got it. All right. Yeah. Get all the candid pics. Like, why is it still taking your picture? Except 
except the way it's set up right there, it would be like, why do we have 500 pictures of the red wall? <laughs> okay. I like this. Yay. I thought you I, do, I don't like really sweet things, and it's not. Right. So yeah, I, their cider, it's really rare that you get. Dry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't do the whole sweetness. They have a couple of them, but generally speaking, I would say they're, yeah, I like it. Have you been to Social Bowl before? Mm -mm. I should go there. It's really good. All right. You can actually bring the kids. You can, yeah. Okay. People bring kids and they bring their dogs. dogs and they have games. Um, they have lawn games and stuff too. It's pretty chill. So. All right. Let's <laughs> do it. All right. Well, let's get into it. So. I don't know what exactly everything that we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about. Wow! I know that we're talking this about this is a professional outfit, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> but we're talking about your social justice book club. I know that we got into a lot of that already in the previous right. episode. Again, since we are a more relationship-based podcast, be curious to know how social justice and I guess that. I don't want to say awakening or being woke because I don't like to, you know, but like, so how does having that focus on social justice or, or being a little bit more aware of things that are going on in the world, how does that impact relationships that you have with people? Because for me, I have a father who never voted, I think, ever in his life, has a lot of opinions, but refuses to vote. Um, has also a lot of opinions about like me too and other things as well that are just startling and I have to, you know it's it's hard sometimes to be like well you know maybe you sh we could think about it in a different way or try to put yourself in somebody else's place I have that issue within my own family I know Mallory has issues within her own family of you know with this current regime and what that means and we have a lot of friends obviously who we might have voted one way, but our families have done something different. And I believe that you might have that experience as well. So how do you maintain a loving relationship with people that you really are at odds with on some real prime foundational levels of things? Or also alternatively, I would say, know when to jump ship and be like, you know. Cut bait. Yeah, just be like, you know what, this is such an important issue and the way that you were speaking about it, like, it is going against not only all of my values, but also all of these other people's and their lives. And, and I think a lot of people have that in general with a current election. Like, it's oh, sure. a lot of people, when 45 came in, they were like, you voted against me as a person and a human being. And so I know that that split a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, so your experiences on that, if you have any. I mean, if you're like, you know or what? Or your thoughts. I mean, you're yeah. probably working on it just the same way that we are. Exactly. But your lens, obviously, you are much more steeped in social justice, racial justice, just all of those sorts of things. And I would say Mallory and I are where we're not reading books. We're not really super active in it in that way, but you really are. So how does that trans, I don't want to say transpose, transfer, translate into your real life with like dealing with your family or dealing with friends who might have had those different issues or you have different opinions? I definitely feel like at Social Justice Book Club, it comes like 
people who have shared about this particular issue, it is a lot of like family. It seems like a lot of family relationships where like someone will kind of say something at the dinner table mm-hmm. or whatever and it becomes this whole thing. Um, and I think I, I believe that stuff is pretty common. Like in my personal family, we have very kind of like stark, like we got the conservative Republican group and we have more like the Democratic liberal group. Like it's it's been tricky for me, I think, because I get, I think deep down inside me, I want to keep the lines of communication open to everyone, whether I agree or disagree with you. And I'm navigating like what does that look like? How do I live my values and be in relationship with people that I know have such differing opinions about whatever the topic might be around political, religious, just how we operate as a country, what our culture should look like, all of these things. And so I think what my you know learning has helped me better understand is like how to maybe be a little bit more intentional about my outreach to specific family members. And I think for me personally, being in a group, usually there's beer and wine or something involved. Mm. And I think that is not maybe the appropriate venue for these conversations, um, like over holidays or birthdays or whatever. But I think for me right now, what I – a next step in my journey is to approach individual family members and have like a coffee or a lunch or something where the person knows that the reason I want to have this conversation is specifically to talk about their beliefs on like social identity, politics, you know, all of these things that like you kind of don't talk about Mm -hmm. like in not only in Minnesota, but like, I mean, it's yeah. just like an uncomfortable and sort of like taboo, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, but also having some ground rules around like that, what that conversation is, is just like to be really curious and interested. And like, even though it might pain me to like hear the responses and hear, um, I what I'm looking for is like, where where is their connection and where can we open up both of our understanding of topics? And so I think that, you know, going into a conversation thinking, I'm going to change your mind is like not maybe the best approach for me. Mm-hmm. But where can I say yes? And is it also possible that this experience is happening or that, you know, and also to listen to say, okay, so here's kind of where I'm at. Could I also open up my lens of thinking and say, okay, so if this is how you're feeling, like what are some ways that we could work where we can just have a better, like, you know, relationship and connection and also be challenging each other to kind of say, okay, there's more than one way to look at whatever Mm -hmm. we're talking about. So I'm going to try that and I'm going to see, like, I mean, that's the other thing that I'm learning is like, you kind of have to go out there and see like what's working, what's not working. And I feel like I've decided the the dinner conversation not working. Right. (laughs) But like maybe I could make more progress one-on-one and also like being very aware of like my own biases, my own whatever. And like, I I think I have to be in a place where like, 
I ha- I have to be open to. And if I'm not modeling that, and if I'm saying, well, you know, shut the door on you, you're cool, whatever, like mm-hmm. doing that kind of thing, I I really am fighting that urge because I see a lot of that happening. I feel like oh, there's I do a it. lot of this like hatred mm-hmm. and a lot of the like don't unfriend me, don't talk to me. I, while I totally understand, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's I mean, and it's like we all have those it, moments. Well, and well, I think I think there's some self care in that, sure. like just well, saying yeah. like I need to be with people who can like support right. me right now. Because well, when you see, especially on social media, like I was seeing things on Facebook just alone when Obama was in office, and seeing some of the things that these people blatantly racist comments, and them not saying like trying to me me communicating and saying why would you post such a racist thing and them saying that's not racist and it's like there's a point where i just would be like you know what i can't cuz i refuse to continue to see this in my feed and while i know you can now do the whole mute shit mm-hmm. where you can say now i'm just not going to see your feed anymore it's like i don't even want to pretend that we would be friends at this point because what you're saying is not okay and if i'm have, trying to have a conversation with you about it and you can't even see it because a lot of the time it is like they don't even see it in that light they don't think it's racist they don't think it's like most of the people don't think that they're racist even though they're nazis you know they don't look at it in that light and i guess i I was actually going to ask this question of since you have a book club and most of your books are talking about those sorts of things of like white fragility, that kind of thing, have you guys considered trying to read those other books from people who are cross perspective? Yeah, the people who are pro white nationality or so white what is nationalism. So, you supposed to stuff. read Mein Kampf? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, would you guys do that sort of thing? Because. I mean, while I might not, because also I look at it in a light of, wow, I'm giving you guys money supporting your thing as well as trying to educate myself on what the other side is doing. Like, where is that line, I guess, in your in your thought process? Well, or is it more about bettering? I mean, I guess oh, I've never really thought about <laughs> reading that those sorts of books. I guess I tend to be gravitated towards like the so I think about like what we learn in school about history and things mm-hmm. and I try to my focus is on like where are the gaps like what perspectives are missing from that story and try to hone in on that because I feel like what you're talking about is like that is history mm-hmm. our history like right. I mean you don't that's need to like read what a book, you I mean have to that, like yeah like yeah exactly right. so like that's so I guess I don't I don't know I guess I don't think about that per se but what was the other part of the question because it was just well I, I think I had in like inferred more of like the because like there's reviewers out there who don't want to give money but they say I had to buy this book because of my job oh you know yeah. like they're, yeah. they're like I had to give them they're like and so please read my review so you don't continue to give them money and also they're the worst people ever like that's how they kind of try to preface it but yeah. I mean, also it's knowing thy enemy, being like, wow, this person, this is how, like, does that help you to say, to know their perspective? Or does that just feed into, like, would you even get anything out of it, I guess is my point, by reading those types of books? Or is it more of like, we want this book club to be more about the betterment of ourselves and to create better relationships so we wouldn't even go into that category? Well, I think I do think that some people will never change like mm. in my lifetime, in their lifetime. Like I think there are just some people mm-hmm. that just like it is like, you know, mm-hmm. kind it of a futile is. effort there. 
Um, so I think that we have to be realistic about just not wasting energy engaging sure. in that. I do think, though, like, and what I'm, I have a hypothesis of like if I if I meet with people individually around these topics and people that I know are Republican, people mm-hmm. that I know are you know, and to be honest, like. There are liberal people out there sure. that have still like a lot of work to do. Right. Look at you, Bob Mayer. <laughs> so you know, or like Bill. Bill. Who are you talking about? HBO. Bill Maher. Yeah. I think he's kind of like. <laughs> yeah, Bob Mayer. <laughs> Bob Mayer. Whatever. <laughs> but I disagree with a lot of what he goes down. But anyway. Yeah. So I think that in general, I feel like the you know, the media and, like, the perception of kind of, like, what are the two sides and, you know, like, really, like, extremeness, like, isn't a reality. And I think that if we tend to just say all Republicans this or all right. Democrats or all whatever and, like, lump people and and it's extreme, I think that that isn't helpful. And so, like, I'm my hypothesis is that when I go into these conversations with people that I will find that there's like more than just like this extremeness mm-hmm. going on with that person and in their circles. And so I don't know, I guess that's just my strategy right now is like what can I learn about this person and about like where we really have strong beliefs that are matching and where do I feel like Maybe I could open up my eyes to some things because, I mean, I think about this in terms of, like, socioeconomic status. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I know that, like, I really kind of, like, am turned off by, like, like super luxury stuff mm-hmm. and, like, high end and, you know, like, and that's not good. <laughs> like, I know that about myself. Like, I need to be more open about, sure, you know, uber wealthiness. <laughs> so... You know, and I have people in my life who have way more money than I do. And so I'm like, okay, how can I better understand that? Mm-hmm. And so so anyway, so I know I have areas of growth and I think that it all it is like back to your point of your podcast, like it's very relational. Mm-hmm. And so if we're in relationship with people and if lines of communication are open, I think that is the important thing in my mind. Have you seen any strains in your own relationships then, like as you've continued to grow your book club? Well, I would say no, the opposite. I would say that the – because well, and because like the more awareness I have and the more understanding I have, the more confidence I have. And then when I'm going into those conversations, it's not like me saying, well, like, I think this is right. Like I'm like, here's the history. Right, right. You know, like – and it's, I mean, there's some things that are just, like, undisputable. Like, right. this is written in the Constitution, right? right? Yes. You know? <laughs> and so, like, well, what does can... that matter these days? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I feel like I'm, I've built my confidence. I've, I feel like I've also built capacity to be more open. And so I think that relationships are, will, be stronger as a result and that's just my mm-hmm. inner optimism maybe right. but and that's also my goal like I don't want to have like not I don't want to have like no relationship with like my siblings and my sure. mom right. and you know mm-hmm. people that are close to me and 
even though I know that how they voted and it, you know, like that's like I have visceral reaction. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know. So I would say it's the book club helps me to stay in relationship and to and to have a motivation to sure. like continue that conversation, even though it's really hard and uncomfortable and things we like usually don't ever talk about. Right. Um, and you kind of want to be like go on your own island over there. Yeah, <laughs> so I was yeah. watching. Um, I was watching MSNBC. They were, were interviewing this person who has a show on MSNBC called Breaking Hate, and he used to be in a hate group um, and a white uh, a white supremacist. And he, I can't remember his story, but it's a really good story. But he um, has come out of that, and he actually helps other people who want to get out of those particular sorts of ways of living. And he was talking about the fact that there was this one guy who has been a neo-Nazi or white supremacist for since he was 14 and he's like 45 now. He said, I don't ever do this, but this was the one time I just kept like going back and talking to him. And I actually pursued him because it seemed like he wanted to make changes in his life and, and get out of that particular lifestyle because basically he from 14 never knew a life other than that worked within that same you know doesn't know it's basically like like how you are Mallory Encino man where you don't know anything about pop culture where this person is literally like steeped in hatred and biases and racism and now you have to come out of it and so he was basically they were asking him like how did you do that how were you able to to get through to him and he was like I listened. I, yeah. You'd be surprised that I just sit and I listen. You and I, Mallory, had this conversation. We were talking about braving the wilderness, mm-hmm. about when do you when do you stop doing that or how – because it can be exhausting yes. to do that. And and how much energy do you expend in terms of, of doing that whole – you know, like how exhausting it is just to sit and listen all the time. But is it? And, but obviously, it's worth it because look at the benefits that are, that come out of it. Right. It's just like, but when it, do you? When are you like, look, I I've been listening for too damn long, and I can't listen anymore. To add on to that, maybe it was easier for him because he's made not only a career out of it, but a passion. Versus, while it might be a passion, and I was going to ask this question of you of saying, because I know I get burnt out. Because I have other things that I have to worry about in my life. And especially when 2016 was rolling around, there was uh, job changes that were happening, life changes. Like it was already like I had enough on my plate. And then I was like, now I get to deal with this fuckery. And the who do you trust? Like there was a lot of that of like, who do I, who do I know isn't actively voting against me and my rights as a human being? And while a lot of people could say, you know, because it takes a while to be able to converse and to be able to have those conversations, maybe it was easier for him to do that because he had been there and thus he can be like, I can sit here and listen because I see myself in you versus I don't see myself anywhere in you. And even when I try to have these conversations, like how do I get across to you? Because how much can you listen to before it's just like you just like listen to yourself talk, (laughs) you know, because you have to have someone who wants to be heard and who wants to either make a change or who wants who, – who's willing to listen as well. Because you can try all you might to try to tell a 45 about something. He doesn't give a shit. He wants his money. He wants his fame. That's what he's here for. As much as everyone else can try to disagree, like, clearly in all of the actions, 
you're not going to be able to change anything about that. He has to want to change. So I guess where does that come in for you? And then also like self-care. I mean, you starting this huge book club about justice and learning and then changing yourself, but then also leading through other people and their discussions and their ways that they got through their own books and stuff. So how have you handled all that? Yeah, well, I think first of all, self-care is super important. And I do think that this work is exhausting. And I think that like being someone who has a lot of privilege, like I think about this even more so, not, well, I don't know about more so, <laughs> but like I'm very intentional, that's not the right word. I'm, I'm very intentional about, because it's easy when you have privilege to be like, I need a break. Mm. Yes. And it's like, and we've talked I'm, about that And I'm too. so sensitive to like, okay, so if you don't have privilege, what break do you get? Right. Like, there's mm-hmm. no break. There's, like, it's just coming at you all the time. So I'm, like, I push myself on that. But I also realize that if I'm not, like, healthy and good and, like, you know, and I think about this as a parent, too. Like, if I'm, like, not taking care of myself, like, what am I going to really be offering my children? And I think it's, like, that same kind of mentality of, like, if I'm at my best, I can make the most change. Right. And so um, so I think that's super important. So um, is that when you decide to do like diamond scrubs? And like- <laughs> <laughs> like we have a lot of cucumbers. <laughs> I run all the time and I run screaming. Um, the other thing, though, is like multitasking. So like I do like to run. I run almost mm-hmm. every single day. And I listen to podcasts when I run because that, like, it's informational. Two for and, one. Yeah, like, I totally try to think about, like, how can I, you Maximize know. Maximize your time. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I try to be, like, efficient with it. And I also try, I really do try to have, like, you know, no phone time and no social media time and no, you know, and, like, you know, I already don't watch TV very often, but, like, just the screens in general and just, like, be with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing, too, for me is having children, what am I talking about with my kids? Like, we talk about race. We talk about different types of families. Oh, we talk about – Tell two- the story about the movie that you guys were watching. Oh, yeah. So, like – so well, so I always, whether it's a book or a movie, I always comment if if the movie or whatever it is – or even, like, if we go to an event and it's, like, all white people. Like, I make a comment about that. I'm like, wow. Like, I see a lot of white people. I don't see a lot of black people, brown, <laughs> black, brown bodies. Like, I see a lot of white bodies here. And so um, I talk about that with my kids. And even, this is an interesting, um, like, recent thing. We went to a hotel and it was, we walked in and it had, like, the sign of, like, so-and-so's wedding on Saturday and the other whatever wedding on Sunday. And I was like, oh, it's going to be busy. There's a lot of weddings and whatnot. Well, we walk in past that sign and literally the lobby and cafeteria area and down the halls are all of these like paintings, like hand-painted whatever. And they're literally of all white heterosexual couples in like (laughs) marriage-type stuff. Oof. And I was like, whoa, like this sends a powerful message yes, about who, what type of people are welcome here, yep. who who they think are getting married, should be getting married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went up to the desk and I said, is the manager here? And they were like, she's not in at the moment, but like, 
is something wrong? Can mm-hmm. I help you? And I was like, well, do you have one of those like feedback cards or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll tell you verbally like what I'm thinking, but I'm also <laughs> writing this down. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they do with it, but but I was like, you know, it's really disturbing to walk in here and see all Mm -hmm. white paintings of like heterosexual Uh people like in marriage type outfits. (laughs) And, you know, the the woman was kind of like, well, you know, the owner is a painter. And I was like, that's great. Get some diversity. I know. So I was like, well, it sends a powerful message about like who's welcome here. And I would recommend that obviously since the person's an artist, like they could maybe paint (laughs) something else. (laughs) But just to be aware of the fact that like, sure. when And even just looking at the hotel guests, like not all the guests were white I mean I didn't go and ask everyone's race but like on the visible level and how I interpreted I'm just like I'm trying to think of like if I was that person I walked in here I'd be like I do not belong here right you know like this is not the place for me (laughs) like so anyways I was like I'm like that daily (laughs) no it's not even it's I because in in the book that we read for your book club a good time for the truth there was um a story written about this one woman who had gone to, I forget where, somewhere down south to, to go look at a college. And she was like bombarded with Confederate flags. And she was being escorted around by someone who went, who is from the south and is a black person as well on campus, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, are you seeing all this? And the girl's like, yeah, whatever. Like, let's keep moving. Like, here's the hall. Here's it. She's like, but don't you see flags? And like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, I see them. Anyway, and so, like, she just kept on, like, being traumatized by the Confederacy. In the meantime, the person who had been there and and has grown up in it is completely oblivious to the experience that she's having. And she's just like, well, whatever. Like, okay, yep, it's a flag. It's Wednesday. It's a flag that's always here. Whatever. So it's that kind of a thing where you might have had that reaction going in there. I wouldn't have noticed that. I just would have noticed that everybody's white because that's usually how it is in my life anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so um, one of my kids plays Little League baseball, and the team the teams have like eight players or something on it. Kids. Oh yeah, the Tony, outfit, Tony and Mateo. Oh, they're so sweet. <laughs> Tony and it's Mateo. But like I, you know, I'm go to I go to the games and I notice that the you know players are mostly white, mm-hmm. and in Golden Valley, like we actually yes, it's predominantly white uh, suburb, but it also Vast. is it has 50 like we're 85% white and 15% of mm-hmm. other races of and yeah people of color i went i wrote into the league and i said i'm a parent like i noticed that a lot of the players are white whatever and i said i, I feel strongly that our league should repre- represent our actual demographics of golden valley so i noted the statistics that i know of like the demographic breakdown <laughs> so the so I, I didn't hear back didn't hear back and i'm like at some point i'm gonna have to follow up because right. like i can't just like not hear back from this so i get a message from the like the president of Golden Valley Little League, and they invited me to the next board meeting oh, to talk about awesome. the the player recruitment. 
And cool. so I'm going on September 4th. Wonderful. <laughs> Look at you, Hannah, making changes in your town. That is so awesome. Well, we'll see. But but <laughs> it shows they're... that it's a priority right. to at least have a discussion. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Right. And I think that, like, particularly as we talk about things of, like, who who has power, because it's always the cis white male, but then it's like, white women, we have so much power, too, that we have to pull and be, like, that extra ally because who knows if, Tamu, you had written that letter and if anybody would have answered. Like, maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know, but That's I true. do know that My name I- is not Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because in the white, the white ally toolkit, they have the – super white names and Hannah is the example <laughs> in the super white category. I was like, oh, hey, good well, to know. All right. Cool. It'll open doors for you, Hannah. <laughs> I was like, the opportunities are endless now. You'll just be a covert ally like a spy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Well, I am so excited. I didn't know about that, this new little ad. So that's cool. Yeah, so I just heard back about yeah. that. But but it's like kind of to this point of like we have like we have to be the- like it seems like these are relatively sort of right. small sure. things. But that's big. how you make the. But I mean, it's like you have to. I mean, if no one had said these paintings are appalling to right. me, right? No one says. Everyone anything. would be like, oh, they're beautiful. They're hand painted by the owners, and this great. No, not right. great. <laughs> Well, and I think it is always those small changes. Um, I had recently, I went to the dog park with my roommate, and as we were walking back, because we were leaving, um, we saw a dog and a family. So it was three kids, two little girls and a boy, and then pretty positive that was the mother, just because of the when we started discussing things. But the little boy was like, talk, 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 so like could not, wanted to ask me all the questions, noticed that my dog only had three legs and was asking all these questions about it because kids don't, you know, when they see those sort of things, they're kind of like, how is she surviving? Mm-hmm. Well, you can survive without a leg, like mm-hmm. those sorts of things. And he started talking about how he had gone to Niagara Falls, like he, because he was just on a roll. <laughs> and I kept trying to ask the other girls questions because he would talk over them and they wanted to talk too. And then it came up where he's like, we met a drunk black man one time. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and the little girls were like, well, he just wanted to ask questions. Because they, they had said that they missed the fireworks for Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, it was because of a, the boy. It was like, it was a drunk black man. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, like when people are drunk, sometimes like they don't fully understand that, you know, they're – needs are not important Mm -hmm. (laughs) to what you're doing. I tried to ask more about, I was like, but you got to see the lights on the falls, you know, yada, yada. And and he was like, yeah, but it was because he was black. And mom didn't jump in at all. Mm. I and my roommate just kind of looked at me and I just said, you know, I don't think it was because he was black. You know, I think it has more to do with the fact that he had been drinking and I don't think, you know, and then the little girl popped in and she was like, it was because he was drinking. That's what mom said. So that's one of those things that I was like, here's this family dynamic uh-huh. where maybe it was the father who made this remark. Sure. Maybe it's the school and his surrounding people. But Our it's friends. like there are those little things. And my comments who knows if that changed anything of me being like, you know, I don't think it has to do with color on this. I think it has to do with the fact that people inebriated, especially when they're really drunk, tend stupid to do stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the fact that the mom didn't jump in 
and the fat and so we're walking and then he just keeps talking and keeps trying to you know and he was just and going off and stuff and we got into the car and my roommate was just kind of like wow and I was like I'm like here's the things I noticed I'm like I noticed the girls didn't get a chance to talk so clearly it was important that this white little boy had his voice Mm -hmm. I'm like I noticed that the mom didn't jump in at all when he started talking about that it was a black man's fault that they missed the fireworks who knows who would change any of this? But right. it's important. Like, those little things do matter, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to know. Well, and, and children especially pick up yes. on the Everything. littlest things. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about every – and I told, I told this in book club. It's just like it's all of these teeny mm-hmm. tiny yep. little things that make up that experience sure. of like – how we show up and who who feels welcome and right. how are we just even being aware of like our little surroundings things, well and little mm-hmm. things that you won't even remember because I will remember things of me growing up as a child that I'll be like well I remember this specifically like knowing this happened my parents were like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> because to them it was just a whatever every other day pass off comment that's that but for me I was like oh my god this is like a foundation of who I am because I remember this event mm. So who knows, like, every little detail does count. I wonder if he would have said that to a black person. It was because of a black man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Had you and I been walking there? That's what I was thinking. Like, if it was you and I, what would have happened? They might not have even stopped to talk to you. I don't know. That little boy was adamant that he wanted. I mean, my roommate's reaction was, oh, he wanted to talk and he is ready for school. Yeah. <laughs> because he clearly has had all this stuff He's and like, no ener- like no one to like let sure. it out. Yeah. So like we had seen him on like further in and he was like, they have shells here. Did you see that they have shells? There's shells. Oh I'm going to take this home. And I was like, good. Yeah. It's nice to know that they don't just have rocks at the, <laughs> the beach here. <laughs> so I was like, this kid had just wanted to blah everywhere as kids do yeah but it is interesting i thought about that too well and it gives you a really good sense of like the pulse of like how am i doing the words that come out of my right like i mean even now like my kids will say hey how come there aren't any people with brown skin in this movie (laughs) and i will say thank you for noticing that (laughs) let's talk about that on the the set anywhere else Because Hollywood <laughs> well, and, and America. <laughs> yeah, and that's the conversation. And it opens the doors of like, and, you know, my kids are, beca- and I'm, you know, this is totally a reflection of me. Like, they're like, hey, a student with brown skin joined my classroom. And, I, and at the school, the staff actually is quite diverse, but the student body is not. And so um, I've told them, I'm like, that makes me sad. And so Tony, he said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> student with brown skin joined my class. <laughs> I'm like, great, what's their name? He's like, student with guy with brown skin. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I know. He goes, I'll get back to you. And he did. He goes, like, and I, I'm sure, like, so when have you always felt this way too about bringing these children up? And have you always been more of a political activist, or is it more of a recent turn of events that are you even it? considering yourself a political activist? I mean, that's a big term that she just gave you. You're not it's getting paid label. for it, so I guess you're not a political activist. But you're enough you so aware. No, it was an excuse my mom gave me. She like literally, she's like, Mallory, you're not a pol- political activist. Those other people out there, they're getting paid, and other people are giving them money to continue what they're doing. You need to take a step back because you're getting burnt out. And I was like. 
I shouldn't have to get paid to care about this stuff. <laughs> but, but just curious if, like, it's more of, like, it has become more prevalent now and thus what started the book club or um, if you've always really taken a step and that kind of thing. Well, I would say that, I mean, way back when in, like, my early jobs, like, one of my jobs was as a job coach work, working with students with disabilities, and I really enjoyed it, and I continued that type of work like over the course of my career so I think on some level it just is part of like Mm -hmm. who you are yeah Yeah. like I don't know how how else to explain that but um I definitely feel like in my pardon me in my journey I have become definitely much more aware of like history and things that I like have have still have and had no idea about And I think generally I didn't spend too much time – like I I think I fell into this category of like, well, if I donate and if I treat other people nicely, whatever, all of that stuff, like that's sort of enough. Sure. And what I know now is, no, that's not enough. Like I need to be doing more. I need to be intentional. I need to be strategic. I need to be like constantly – figuring more things out. And so you're saying you don't want to do it like the secret. It's just <laughs> think about it for a while and now world It'll peace. Happen. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. And I think, too, I think of this phrase of living my values. And so I think about, like, you know, who, what, like, if you think about, like, my household, like, who are our vendors? Like, who do we bank with? Who mm-hmm. do we, you know, right. whatever. Like, right. all of these things. Like, when we have a plumbing you know, job, like who, what is our outreach? Like who are we actually paying and working with? And so, so now I'm a lot more thoughtful about like every area and like thinking first of like, if I do this or if I shop here or if I buy this, like what does that say about like my values? And sometimes I literally don't know. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I, I feel need like, this. Yeah, or like, get it. <laughs> yeah. So, have you know, you I ever, have, sorry to interrupt, but have yeah. you ever, you're going to hate me, have you ever watched The Good Place before? So, you don't have to write it down necessarily. She writes all it's, of it down. Because <laughs> it's like a down. philosophical type um, comedy. comedy that really delves into like philosophy, to what we owe each other, like that kind of thing. And the premise is this around of these people have passed away. And now they're in the good place, supposedly. And as it continues on, you learn a little bit more about things and um, and about, like, where they truly are and kind of that situation. And now that you're writing it down, I was so concerned about you not writing it down. I'm trying to think of my point here. What was the last thing that you had stated? Oh, like, living my values and, mm-hmm. like, where to shop. and. Oh, yes. So they discover at one point because – so like nothing has changed because it was a point system of what got you into the good place and what put you in the bad place. And they're like, they found out that people hadn't been in the good place for like 500 years and they couldn't figure out why. And then they looked at the system and they're like, because it's harder to be a good person now. Like back in like, you know, you know, uh, 1940s, so-and-so can go buy flowers from a shop and give them to their grandmother. Well, that's because, like, it was done in a good, decent way. Now he used a phone that was, 
you know, made using by children, <laughs> made by not, children, yeah, not using, friendly. <laughs> using materials true. that are mined out and conflict, Afri- yeah, conflict, conflict minerals, minerals. <laughs> and ordered by online by this horrible company that treats its workers like shit. And the flowers themselves were grown in this horrible way, also using pesticides mm-hmm. and all this. And so then they actually lose points for doing this action of good because in the end it's hard. Like, so that was an interest. that's what it reminds me of where it's like, it's harder to be a good person now because of what we've created. Because corporations. Yes. <laughs> it's harder, you know, the only way to really truly do it is like, do you live in Live on a, a farm commune? and live yeah. in a compound. Well, and I think, I think a lot about like growing my own vegetables mm-hmm. and stuff so now and I'm terrible. Like, we got one flower to grow in our garden. And, <laughs> and my son was goes, it a justice flower? My, my son <laughs> All goes, the colors? <laughs> I know. My son goes, we actually are good gardeners. <laughs> supposed to be 50 of them but (laughs) yes we got this one one is a is a good start (laughs) next time we'll get two you know it'll grow incrementally as you move forward and get better at gardening (laughs) that's the whole thing too i'm like maybe i should start growing stuff i don't know what to do but CSAs, you'd feel should be sure. good because you're, you know, helping out mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. They're doing, you know, it's local. It's you'd hope that that would be right, what that but is. When the apocalypse happens and the race wars start, we all need to be able to grow our own food. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be the deficit because, like, I can use my computer to order my stuff on my CSA, but now I don't get Wi-Fi anymore because the satellites are down. I don't think what a CSA do do? will exist anymore. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so then we're all screwed, basically. So so Hannah's a good person. <laughs> I interrupted you before. I'm we sorry. We are all terrible people on this side of the table. That's no. not true. Yeah, we try. You're a black woman. You're higher than I am. I'm well, a white woman. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I'm a good person. It just means I was born this way. <laughs> Does not make me a better person than anybody else. Just means I Either way, I just thought that was interesting. I'm going to, to the good place. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, isn't it the bad place? The, I anyway. mean, they find out that it's actually the bad place, yeah. Uh, but that's what was, I thought, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll check that out. Thank you. <laughs> it requires you to watch television, Hannah. I don't know. I don't know. I know. That is a little, little iffy. I did tell my kids if we get rid of the TV, which I'm a huge proponent, proponent of, is – the, I would build a jungle gym in its place in the Ooh. living room, like a rock in the wall living and room. <laughs> and so now they're like trying. They're, now they're vying. To- <laughs> That's funny. I do have to segue because I have talked about Mateo ever since I met him the other day, and I've been telling people all about his fashion and the fact that he likes to change his clothes for every specific occasion that is happening. So, so like cute. he has a jersey, like he does a jersey thing where it's like if I'm playing sports, I have a baseball jersey. If we're doing something football, he has a football jersey. He's got specific related <sighs> jerseys, and the it's fact that he Mark Jacobs he he picks out. His dad's clothes when he comes home from work. <laughs> That's so cute. Does he get him like ties for Father's Day and shit? No, oh, no, no. It's like it's like the it's most mundane stuff too. He's like, "Can you please wear your 5K shirt?" 
<laughs> like the shirt from the race, like the race shirt. I would like you to wear this specific polo with this over sweater vest, please. When I was at her house, this kid changed like those fireman outfits. They kept changing back and forth. Also, he had on different socks when I first came into her house, and then he changed his socks it's all in the detail. to different socks as well during the course of the time that I was at her house. So I'm just like, this is amazing. And Does he, he have, like, the... outfits he keeps in his backpack for when he's at school? No, but she has boundary rules about how many times he can change <laughs> Well, no, we actually took the limit off of the how many times he could change. The, the boundary now is we will not help him do by doing laundry mm. or whatever like whatever's clean is what he can wear Got but it. he can change as many times as he wants as long as whatever he's you know grabbing is clean and not out of like the dirty pile <laughs> but in relation to that it kind of brings back to boundaries in yes. terms of what lines do you feel can and can't be crossed when you're in terms of dealing with these sorts of like relationships that we're talking about with our families and friends and those sorts of things. Is it like if they say the N-word five times, you're like, okay, well, you had five times, five strikes are out. You know, like that's the line you can't cross. Like are there lines that – or are you willing to listen and be like, well, why are you saying that five times today? Can't say I have had that experience. I would say growing up though, like racist jokes definitely were in my household. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like on some level like this isn't good. We shouldn't do this. But – like now I would be like, no, that's oh. not that's not happening. And I would say that I don't I guess if it continue like if it was like a repetitive sure. thing, yeah, I mean I I don't know. I, I my approach is really to like talk to the person and try to figure out like, yeah, what is ha- why is this happening and to be very clear of like around me at least if right. that's the only boundary I can draw sure. like and around my kids or whatever like that's not that isn't acceptable so if they cross that boundary do you say okay well I am removing myself from the situation do you say hey we had this discussion and you're we talked about this and now you're crossing the line how do you communicate that so that it maybe resonates and you might not have an answer to it but I just wonder in my own world, because my dad crosses boundaries all the time mm-hmm. uh, and doesn't listen, so it's not like he can actually hear me saying, this is why I am saying what I'm saying and this is how I feel about what you're saying and how it makes me feel. But, and there were points in time, I think I told Mallory my strategy when I went home this time was if he mentioned something, I was literally just going to go limp and fall on the ground every time. <laughs> Did it so work? <laughs> I didn't do it. Damn. But <laughs> that he would recognize that, you, what you're saying is causing uh, something to physically happen to me for me to have a reaction so that he could actually physically understand, oh, maybe I shouldn't do these things. So, like, where – I mean, how do you let – how do you tell people or how do you demonstrate that or how do you keep to those boundaries? Because we tend to be really good compromisers and say, well, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or maybe this and that, but there's got to be a way to keep it, like – you know, no, I mean this. Well, and there's there's also situations where it's even more difficult. I have a friend who she divorced and the kid would go back like once a month on the weekend because he was in Wisconsin, they're here. And at school, she started saying stuff. And she's like, well, it's n-, like she got a call and she's like, well, I know it's not us. 
And it's like, so then having the conversation with the ex and saying, you need to not talk about these sorts of things because it's being repeated at school and it's not okay. Like, we're not in a household that I can say no or, you know, do. so it's like that's such an even harder. And I'm hoping now because she's remarried, I believe that they were going through an adoption process. So she doesn't necessarily have to see sure. the biological father anymore, which, you know, whatever, own issue. But those kinds of situations too, like it's so hard to like put up a boundary where it's like I'm not there for those 48 hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in which to enforce a boundary that needs to be there. And like we said, you probably don't have answers for this, but. Well, so, I mean, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just like brainstorming kind of like things I might think of or do. And I, th- I mean, it's true. Like that's like out of your control. I think yeah. that talking, I think making it very clear to the person who is maybe creating that environment that this is happening, like, and that, and this is the impact. Sure. Like I think that like conveying that message is important. Um, also talking to the child about like, yes, you're going to hear all these different perspectives and ways to talk and things and like, here's what I believe and here's what I want to see and setting that expectation. I think that's important. But I also think talking to the school, like, you know, like talking with the teachers about like, here's the dynamic. I have this much control. These are the steps I've taken. And then say, could we work together to say like, if you hear this again or whatever, here's what's going to, like, here's what we want to see happen in school and how it should be addressed. And I think, I mean, and yeah, and at some point it's like, there's only like, that's at some point it's like, that's what you can do. But I think talking, I think parents have a lot of influence on their children. Mm -hmm. And so like, while, yes, you're not there 100% of the time and you're not the only person that the child is taking input from, I think that talking about what you believe and and modeling that, I think that is powerful. And, and no matter what, that will sink in at mm-hmm. some point. I don't know. That's my belief and my brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you do on a personal level? As far as? Those same boundaries. So say you're with... A family member and you say look if you say these if you say a racial joke if you do whatever these things offend me I don't think it's cool what do you do when they try to step over that line like they keep doing it like they yeah. just plain and simple decide disregard your, what you, who cares your feelings on it this boundary isn't even though you set a boundary there like I don't see that do you boundary. walk away do you try to continue to understand why they're doing it do you reinforce the fact that this is not okay for me like I mean it's harder to do especially when you're in a familial situation mm-hmm. to just be like well you know I can't walk away because mm-hmm. you're my whatever but I'm that's where I struggle with it is how do I with a person who doesn't listen how do you get that to resonate with them that what you're saying is not good for me and probably not good for you in the long term but you are now breaking a boundary so for me I would probably just stop talking to them for a while that's not a constructive way of doing it it can be though I think that it because even though sorry like I know that you had an answer but like to me it's more of having that conversation and saying these are things that are important to me if you love me enough that you want to continue having a good relationship please start thinking about these sorts of things but then it'll be oh but it was just a joke you know I'm just messing with you because I know how you feel about it but also, because I've had that conversation with my brother multiple times, 
about certain things. Like he thinks, I, maybe he's finally changed his mind on this, but over and over again, I would tell him how rape jokes are not funny. Mm-hmm. And he even saw, he's like, oh, you probably, he'd like say something and then be like, oh, you probably don't. And I was like, no, and I don't think you needed to say it. I'm here. And it was always a source of contention because it's like, it just isn't. I don't care how many times you say it. Like, if you're going to continue to say it, that is now showing to me how much respect you have for me because I'm not enough for you to remember this. Like, you would rather keep that in your life than keep me in your mind about when you say these sorts of things. That's how I kind of look at it. How do you, I mean, I get it also. I mean, that's your father. And it's someone who, like, you want to go visit your mother. Your father's there. Like, you don't want to punish her or, for whatever you do. You know what I mean? Like, it's a I hard thing. Enjoy, like, I talked to my dad. Like, we had really great conversations this past week. You know, sometimes that's all I can lean on. They're my parents. That's all I've got, right? Uh, what do you do? I mean, I basically will go on Instagram and ignore what he's saying, but a lot of the time I have to be like, you know what, though? Remember that we do have a family member who is gay, and perhaps that we shouldn't say the F word and things like that. Oh, well, I know how you feel about it, so that's why I'm just kidding with you. He's not that kind. And I'm just like, no. Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess one thing that I do, and I do this with my kids, is like, because I'm I tend to be, like, quick to be, like, I don't like that, you know? But when they're doing something that's awesome, like, I think of if you have a great conversation with your dad to be, like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, I really enjoyed this conversation. And part of the reason I enjoyed it is because we didn't have any jokes. We didn't have any language that you listen to me yeah okay. and that i mean i think like That's rewarding good the good behavior is i mean <laughs> i'm literally thinking of this is how we train our dog <laughs> well i mean because they're like you don't do the negative if your dog pees in the house and no. it's not immediate and you do that sort of thing they associate peeing with badness and they're like instead praise them exactly when they do it correctly uh-huh. and make a huge ordeal out of it because then they remember that and then they want to, to please do, you yes. and do the right thing constantly <laughs> and I'm like oh my god it's with humans too I have to reverse psychology or you know start looking at the um, dog whisperer <laughs> get back to basics <laughs> it's not a bad idea it's a great idea I I mean, I think that we would think about it even more. It's hard to do in practice consistently, but I really, like, that's something I work on. I'm not even going to lie to you. I was like, wow, I had a real, I was going to talk to you about it later. I I had a really good conversation with my dad. Like, he actually listened to me for a change about something. And it was kind of like, yes, he would go off on a tangent, but then I was able to bring it back. And then we were still able to have a decent conversation for a smooth, like, hour and a half. That's a big deal. And he even mentioned it to my mom. Like, I had a really good conversation with Tamu, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, look at us. Making it work. Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't about anything political, so I guess. But, <laughs> but maybe that's how you keep the relationship. I mean, but that's impossible. We both enjoy watching MSNBC. That's the whole thing. It's like we enjoy these things. Mm. And so I don't want to hear all about how Me Too is bullshit because it's ruining businesses, yada, yada, yada. Well, I don't know how likes, to talk to ladies he anymore. Likes what? But he enjoys watching that show? We like MSNBC and CNN. But they talk about that stuff all the time. I know, but he has a specific opinion. It's just very interesting. And to I me. digress, Hannah. Sorry. No. Anyway. No. So I mean, but can... these, this is like the core of it. I exactly. mean, 
these are the closest, most important mm-hmm. relationships. And how do we be in d- respectful disagreement, which is kind of how I've been trained. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard. It's really hard. And every day is like you never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And you're constantly being challenged on like where do I stand? What do I say? Like, I mean, it's all in the moment. And then you're like critiquing like, should I have said something or should I have done that differently or should my tone have been differently and all of these things. And I think it's good to think about it. I think if we don't think about that, then that's a whole different problem. (laughs) But I don't know. I guess my personal like leaning is to keep the connection intact and kind of feel through like what at what point and what boundary makes the most sense. I think too also like the – the boundary has to sort of match the offense in some ways. Like if someone says, you know, derogatory word or something, it's not like I'm never talking to you again. Although it also depends. I would also – well, no, I think it also (laughs) depends on the relationship you already have. True. Because like for me and my brother, like it turned into where it was like this has been a repeated offense – over many courses of everything. And maybe, yes, this seems trivial, but, like, it's the little cherry that's mm-hmm. on the fucking Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Right. And, There's the history there. Right. Yeah. Versus, like, you're standing in line. And, like, random stranger <laughs> and a random says stranger something. says something. You could I'm never talking like, to you again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there I is. I hope your baguette is poisoned. <laughs> I mean, there's ways to go about and just be like, listen, sir, that's not appropriate versus like, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> which could be great too. Like, but I like both of those. That's something that's come up when I was in your book club the other day. People really want to solution that and figure out like, when is it pr- appropriate for me to just call it out and say, hey, this is wrong. But you're leading by example by what you're doing, sending the letters and saying, no, this is how I feel or writing a feedback card. All things I wouldn't think about doing because I'd just be like, whatever, that's just how it is. But here you are actually physically making changes. Well, you are. You, well, I mean, it's like awareness right. maybe of like – and, it, you know, like it concerns me. I have like – I am from a very like white family and easily could just be like whatever. Right. Which right. Is, is how I've lived most of my life, frankly. Like this is a new development for right, me to right, like right. say something – in a right. feedback way. But like you sending that letter because you're now noticing it and now the vice president you said? Yeah, or yes. Is, well, the president the, of the president president sent you. The, right. They probably didn't even think about it. Right. They probably got your letter and were like, oh. The whitest name in the world has contacted us. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to show up and they're going to be like, oh, we didn't realize you were white. Like, you know, I mean, maybe that's part of it is like they don't want to offend right. the person of color. But, but either like, is Hannah really a person of color? <laughs> but to me, don't like, know. that's – if you most of the time, usually when I say something, I mean, now – I think I think about it even more now because I now have a new roommate. We're looking for a new roommate. And when you have these sorts of conversations and you're living together all the time, things that you're like, oh, that's right. You don't think that way because you don't live necessarily as I do. Something simple as, hey, did you notice that when you put that huge cutting board in the dishwasher, 
the fan can't go, sore dishes haven't been clean. Those simple tiny things and it's like, oh, wow, I did not notice that. Okay, cool, now I know this. Like, it can be as simple as just pointing it out and then they're like, oh, wow, yeah, okay. Now that I know this, now I can live this way. It doesn't always have to be this huge, like... We that coffee you just bought, sir, and the way you said that. Now we're going to sit over here and have a huge <laughs> five-hour discussion about how you're going to change your language. Well, and I think to that point too, like, and I don't know how open your dad or like other members are to like, like understanding like research around things. But like, there is a lot of research about how the words we use and our language impacts our literal like mm-hmm. belief system. What do you mean? Language does not. Exists or matter. And so, so, (laughs) yeah, like when, I mean, when you say like stuff like, oh, brush it off, it's just words, like that's actually not true. Right? (laughs) Rubber, you're glue. Everything that you say bounces off of me. And it's like, no, but they work. Words mean things. (laughs) Yep. So I don't know. So I think that bringing that as an awareness piece could, in some contexts, maybe have some influence of how we understand but I think I mean ultimately it comes down to impact sure and so and usually and this is white fragility is like we're like well I didn't mean it like that or they didn't understand it or now I'm under attack and that and we kind of like the walls Walls go go up up. and we're just kind of like and it's so uncomfortable but you know for me as I analyze it's like it doesn't matter what I was trying to do. Right. What matters is like I've caused harm. Sure. Yep. Now I need to repair that. And so like that's hard. Like that's hard well, to like be like. people are Ugh. used to just brushing off and giving the slave the problem. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Oh, yeah. Literally yep. they are, you know, used to being up here and being like, oh, that's a problem. We'll pay this person over here to take care of it. Rather than being like, no, now it's you. You have the responsibility. You yeah. can't just – Schluff it. Yeah, but definitely I think people need to be up for the task of personal change. And so when you're talking to that person who's just like, you know, so confident in their belief system and saying like, this is the way, this is the right thing, you know, like, well, I mean. (laughs) When it comes to boundaries, I always think about what Jan told me, our therapist, who would. We share a therapist. (laughs) Who would, the way she says it. Every single time I would like talk about a problem and say, I'm having this with this issue over here with this person. And it would be, what do you want out of this? If you were to say that to this person or write that to this person, what are you hoping the result will be? Because you're not necessarily going to get it. But also, like, is there something you actually want from this? Or is it just because you want to say this? How important is that? And I guess that's guided me a lot. I don't know if you've felt that way too. Because like for my parents, like having a relationship with my parents, like I had to get over a lot of shit and it's like, okay, either we don't have the relationship that I want or this is how I can have that relationship and you just have to let go of some things Mm -hmm. and um, still have boundaries, but know that it's like, this is my result that I want. It's a good practice. But it's very difficult. Yes. (laughs) It's not easy. Yeah. I like your point, though, of saying, like, the good behavior part, being, like, praising that and saying, this is what I really enjoy about this. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get that a lot more often, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the whole <laughs> <laughs> It's a rare circumstance, but when it happens. program is working. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, thank you so much yes. for coming on and talking to us. And please let us know about your book club once more. Yes. Oh, we'll obviously yeah. link everything in our show notes, but please let people know where they can find the book club and, you know. How to connect How with to you. connect with you to get the books. Yes. So it's the Social Justice Book Club um, hosted by Golden Valley Library. We meet monthly. Um, and currently we have the 2019 books all selected and we're working on our 2020 book list. We don't have like a group per se online, but the best way to get in touch is to email me so I can get you the discussion questions and the um, upcoming uh, session details as well as the book list and my email is h carney so that's h c a r n e y at u m n dot edu i'd also like to mention that uh, the company that i work for is called strategic diversity initiatives and it's um, a diversity equity and inclusion training and consulting company and they are also a huge sponsor of the book club um, and just a great resource for social justice training learning opportunities um, so I just want to have that special plug for um, strategicdi.com is the website um, yeah, so thank you so much. And, yes, um, we're I so look happy. Forward to continuing <laughs> the conversation. We're glad that you came back Absolutely. despite, despite like, the fact that we decided. broke you from the emotional <laughs> intelligence stuff. It, t- it took a while to make it over that. <laughs> but we appreciate it. We knew it! <laughs> And we love you so much. We hope yeah. you, if you ever want to come yeah. back, if you Anytime. ever want to plug anything that you ever have, know that you can give it to us. So okay, we can't guarantee a you know wide net, oh. but we can do our best. <laughs> far reach. We can do it our best. It is a far reach. <laughs> I know we can get to London. That's it. They'll listen. Okay. That's as far as I know. I can't <laughs> get you anything else. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. <laughs> Thank cool. you so yeah, much, thanks. everybody. You can find us at Battle of Pod on Twitter, Battle of Podcast on Instagram. Uh, thank you for listening, and we love you. Let's be good to one another, yes. shall we? Yes. Or stab him with a knife. That's cool, too. In the eye. <laughs> Double <Cheers>. tap. <laughs>